Boss Uncaged is a weekly podcast that releases the origin stories of business owners and entrepreneurs as they become uncaged trailblazers. In each episode, our hosts, S.A. Grant and guests construct narrative accounts of their collective business journeys and growth strategies. Learn key success habits and how to stay motivated through failure, all while developing a boss uncaged mindset. Break out of your cage and welcome our host, S.A. Grant. Welcome back to Boss Uncaged Podcast. This is the 100th episode. So this is kind of like a celebration, kind of like a little happy dance. I got my caffeine shots earlier today, so I am twitching something serious in this bad boy. Let's see what's going on with the cameras. Obviously, the cameras are acting a fool, so I'm going to have to switch them out live. Let's see if this will work. There I go. I'm live on the camera. All right, so today is the 100th episode. So I want to kind of switch things up like I, I like to do from time to time. So today, what I'm going to do is just kind of just tell some stories. I'm going to go over like, you know, what lessons that, that we learned so far on this journey of podcasting and what mistakes that we made. I'm going to talk about our favorite episodes and why, and then probably take a shot because, you know, the reality is I never thought we was going to make it to 100 episodes to, to, to begin with, you know, it was kind of a concept that I threw out there. So First and foremost, I just definitely want to thank everyone that's an active listener. I love the feedback. I love the insight. I love, you know, getting little text messages and the comments and the emails. And, you know, again, this podcast is essentially for you. It's, it's for business owners and entrepreneurs to help you on your journey by hearing other people's stories, other people's overcoming of their hurdles, things that they would do differently if they could do it again, and just their insights, their words of wisdom to kind of help you jumpstart. And if you're not an entrepreneur and you're listening to it, by default, you are an entrepreneur because you are listening to it. You're just, you know, waiting to jump that broom. So just going into it, like, I mean, the first thing that I want to talk about is, you know, what did we really learn? You know, we're going into season three that just recently started. And season three is a, a pretty decent um, planned out season, right? Comparison to our season one, where, and that's that's the main thing that I want to talk about. It's the limitations, right? And season one, I think the biggest thing that I could take away that I learned from season one and season two was surrounding myself with people that would stretch my vision. And, you know, I, I stretch other people's vision, but there's always another level. There's always somebody above you or somebody that you can strive for or somebody that you can reach out to, to, to talk to and to get more insight to develop what you're trying to do, right? Because I'm, I'm not the first person to do podcasting and I'm not gonna be the last person to do podcasting, but you could always do podcasting better. You could always do marketing better. You could always do whatever you're doing better. So the, as the story goes, right? Back in 2019, right? Before Boston Cage was even in existence, uh, my wife and I, we went to a podcasting convention. Because again, I, I was thinking about it, but I wasn't 100% sure. So we went to this convention in Atlanta, and, you know, it was a couple of different speakers. There was a round table. There was, you know, different information. There was a bunch of other podcasters talking about. And again, I was really green at the time. So I'm sitting down and this guy walks across the stage and he starts talking about podcasting nonchalantly, but matter of factly at the same time. And you could tell that he's been doing podcasting for a period of time. Come to find out this guy's name is Chris Comenso, right? And at the time, I didn't know who he was and, and, and like how long he's been in the industry. And I didn't know all his nuances and accolades at the time. So he's talking on stage he's back in like probably October. I think it was October of 2019. So he's promoting his book. And, you know, a lot of the strategies he was talking about were, were resonating with me. 
And then, you know, shortly thereafter, February 2020 is when we released the Boston Cage podcast. And, uh, you know, he had a, a real big part of it. He had a book at the time. I read the book, took some insights from it. And I was like, you know, I got nothing else to lose. Let me go ahead and and jump and create this podcast. So, uh, first of all, I want to say thanks to Chris. If it wasn't for Chris on that particular day, we may not have been where we are right now. It, everything happens for a reason. We just happened to be at a convention. He just happened to be there because, again, he's from Florida, and he was in Georgia. So the, like the alignment of the moon, the stars and everything was just perfectly aligned at that point in time for us to cross paths. So fast forward, right? So this happened February, 2020 was when we launched um, Boston Cage for the first time. Meeting Chris was essentially October, 2019. So if you go into like maybe summertime, I think it was closing like probably August, maybe July, the end of the summer, we had opportunity to then reach out to Chris again. Cause you know, I saw him, shook his hand, said hi to him, but we never really had any communication from that six-month period. So I reached out to him and did like a paid consultation, kind of figure out like, how do we grow this Boston Cage thing? Again, we was only six months in the game at that point in time. And everything that I know now, I sure as hell didn't know back in 2020. So did this conf- you know, did this call with Chris and he dropped so much information, so many different nuggets. And I think it was it was a two-way street. We had to kind of go back and forth and play with it because he was saying that he usually doesn't do these consultation calls. And the only reason why he was open to doing the consultation call with me at that point in time is because I was highly responsive. He asked for some information. I delivered the information. He asked for particular things. I delivered it very quickly because again, I'm paying to play and I wanted him to take me on essentially as a client to kind of figure out what he, what he was doing. So every penny that I spent on that was, was definitely worth it. So again, kudos to Chris. And then as time unfolded, you know, through his emails and through his marketing, come to find out that, you know, I think they were at that point in time, they had just been nominated for the Guinness World Record. And, you know, I was like, what the hell? Like, what the hell does Guinness World Record have to do with podcasting? So it kind of blew my mind. I was like, this dude is not only a podcaster, but he's going to the level to where he's attacking Guinness with, with like getting records. And I was like, holy shit, how do I become a part of that? So that kind of rolled into like my strategy. My next step was, okay, like, what, what do I do? Like, how do I even get on board his bandwagon? How do I become part of his family? How do I become part of that team to kind of figure out like what were they doing and also be a part of it as well? I wanted to give back to his community. Sure as hell, within like a couple of weeks, I got an email saying that there's a call for speakers. That was the dawn of PodFest, PodFest Global, PodFest Masterclass. And VidFest, which I spoke at all of them. But again, at that point in time, I wasn't really speaking on stages. I wasn't, you know, a motivational speaker or or influencer or, you know, even thinking about course development and all this other stuff that I have right now. So I signed up and sure as hell, shortly thereafter, I got accepted. Now, when I'm looking back at it, I'm just like, okay, did I get accepted because I had everything that was required? Or was it that legacy? Was it me meeting Chris like the, the October before 2019? Was it me reaching out to Chris during the summertime? Or was it, you know, these two different elements of time frames? did that compact to say, okay, I've met this guy, I spoke to him, essay is okay, let's give him a shot, right? So again, thanks to Chris. So I got on the stage and, you know, we did it, did that maybe three or four times. And, you know, obviously it's going to be more PodFest coming up to where I'm going to, you know, be on that stage as well. But then fast forward to 2021, and holy shit, I'm starting to believe like the matrix is becoming a reality to me to where I'm like, okay, I, I'm a podcaster now. I'm going to grow this monster. And again, going back to the, the information that Chris had told me back in 2020, and I'm taking these items and I'm heeding to them. I'm sticking to the script. 
and I'm expanding and growing it. And I'm also becoming my own monster as well. And then sure as hell, March, uh, March 1st of 2021, there was an opportunity for me to not only speak on the stage, but to be part of that new venture to where they were trying to beat their original record for the Guinness. So again, I want to say congrats to Chris because we just found out this week that not only did they beat it again, but this time I was a part of that. So this entire thing that I'm telling you, this entire story about like the lessons learned is this opportunities, right? If you are amongst yourself and you're only in your bubble, only in your world, you're missing out on larger opportunities because you're not stretching your vision. So in your circle of people, like the byproduct of a millionaire is other millionaires. The byproduct of the success is other successes, right? So if you're in that space that you're only holding information to yourself and you're not reaching out to people that are above and beyond or people that are at another level and asking them questions or paying to play with them, then you're missing out on huge opportunities. So if I didn't do those things, and if Chris didn't accept me into his world and we didn't have that synergy, then I wouldn't be part of his Guinness World Record, right? So again, thanks to Chris, not only did I learn, not only did I grow, not only did I overcome these hurdles, but I also had an opportunity to become part of the PodFest family's history as well. So again, I just wanted to say congrats to Chris and his PodFest team, because not only did they influence me and Boston Cage probably wouldn't be where it is right now without them planting those seeds early on and then having an opportunity to be part of their Guinness World Record. So, I mean, again, that, like to me, that's like everything comes around full circle. Be a product of your environment. Make sure that you're always stretching your vision and stretching your goals. Um, <clears throat> so, Moving on to like the next topic, right? And again, this episode is going to be a little bit different. I'm, I'm just going to kind of like just talk directly to like the nuance, the nuances of what I've learned in the experiences. And obviously, I think this is kind of like celebrating our victory because a, a 100 episode is something that I've always deemed to be a landmark episode, like a real landmark episode. You can do 10 episodes to a podcast and then walk away from it. You can do 20 episodes and walk away from it. But once you get to the point to where you're at 100 episodes, it becomes the fuel to the flame, right? It's like now I feel like I'm an actual real podcaster. And it's not to do with imposter syndrome. Not to say I wasn't a, a, a podcaster before, but now it's like you're going through that rite of passage. It's like, you know, you were a kid, then you're a teenager, but at 100 episodes, like you become an adult in an industry to where you could become, you know, a mentor, right? You could become a senior in this environment. So I feel like now as Boston Cage has been on, you know, going to a third year, like now we're in that space. So just talking to like the mistakes, right? And the mistakes are, are things that, you know, you don't want to go back and necessarily change because if they didn't happen, then you wouldn't have learned, right? So one of the biggest mistakes that I, I was I was fearful in the beginning, right? And again, I, I I try to practice and I do practice what I preach about being fearless all the time. But in reality, to become fearless, you have to face fear. So when I first developed the podcast, like my, my biggest fear, right? And it was one like one of the questions I asked Chris early on was like, okay, you know, I think at that point in time we were probably episode 18. We were closing out the season with 28 episodes, and I was kind of like freaking out, like, okay. How the hell am I going to keep this going? Now, mind you, I have a Rolodex of business owners and entrepreneurs that, you know, throughout like my business career, I have access to, but then you get faced with the reality of people not questioning who you are, but they're not willing to jump on that bandwagon that early, 
right? You may get faced with the, well, what's in it for me? Uh, I'll wait until you get to maybe season two. I'll wait till you're a little bit more seasoned. I'll wait. I want to see what you're doing. And so I got faced with that shit early on. Like in, in the first year, like, you know, even though I had 28 people, like the momentum started to roll in. People started to listen to episodes. They started to see the value. And I already had the vision. And then I also had like Chris that was giving me insight as well. And I had all these things stacked up to where I knew it was going to succeed over a period of time, but you have to kind of prove yourself. So my fear was, how was I going to, to get enough people to sign up for me to interview them? And so I was like, okay, you know what? Fuck this fear. I'm going to overcome this fear. And I'm, I'm going to figure out a strategy on how to build this platform out. So season one, we ended with 28 episodes. Season two, we ended with like, I think it was 69 episodes, 68 episodes, somewhere somewhere along those lines. And that was the transition from me being fearful to me being more productive with what I was doing. Okay, the first year I was thinking too small. I was thinking about, okay, where's my next episode coming from? Where's my next episode coming from? In reality, I was thinking wrong. The best way for me to kind of, if I was to go back and really think about it, it was like, okay, not where my next episode is coming from. It's kind of like, where's my next teaching moment going to evolve from? And when I change that vision, and I'm going to explain what I mean by that, is that I'm not thinking about the next interview. I'm thinking about the next opportunity, the next opportunity for me to tell someone else's story, a next opportunity for me to give someone an opportunity to tell their story, a next opportunity for me to then expand the, the diversity of what Boston Cage really is. So between season one and season two, thinking about the scale of things, right? Season one, we were figuring it out. Season two, then we became more international. And that's all because of the transitional moment, right? It was kind of me facing that fear and overcoming it. So we created a um, funnel. That's, that's one of the biggest things that we ever did with the Boston Cage system is that we created an onboarding funnel that allows people to then log in, tell us about themselves, tell them, well, you know, like what social media profiles do you have? What... What's your business? What can you give to our, our, our listeners? You know, do you have an image? So just by creating that system, it kind of released some of the stress because we were pretty much in season one working from episode to episode, building out this content. Every single time we got a new interviewer, we had to go and search for their social media profiles, get their headshots, create bios, and it became, it became like a huge task, right? In addition to that, it was, okay, we were not really paying attention to downloads in season one. We were not really paying attention to the reach that we potentially could get to. And once we started focusing on those elements versus focusing on who we're going to interview next, like strategizing more so on the results of the podcast versus the individual episodes of the podcast, that shit magnified like overnight, like literally we're at the point now to where we've interviewed people from Japan, Australia, UK, Canada, Africa, just to name some of the like the different countries around the world, right? In addition to that, like this is episode 100. I'm doing a live episode right now, episode 100. But in our Rolodex of episodes that we have not aired, that have been already recorded, we're essentially going into episode 200 and we're already like organizing season five. So I want you to think about that. Season one, I was paranoid about having enough people. We only released 28 episodes. Season two, we easily doubled that. But in reality, by putting these systems in place and signing up for like online stuff like matchmaker.fm, and it's to the point now to where literally per week, we get somewhere between 10 to 24 um, 
I, I guess I'm trying to think of what's the best way to describe them. We get individuals that are recruiters that contact Boston Cage behind the scenes to say, hey, we have five people that we think will be a great fit for your show. Mind you, season one, paranoid about having enough episodes. Season two, saying, fuck it, knuckling down, creating a system and growing it into a monster. And now in season three, now we get 24 people, somewhere between 10 to 24 people per week that are raising their hands that are willing to be on the show. So again, this is kind of the proof is in the pudding. You have to kind of put the work in, get over the imposter syndrome, fight those hurdles, and then not only fight those, but put action behind them. And those actions will then turn into results. So now that we're at like 200 plus episodes and we're going into season five, even though we're still in season three, it gives us an opportunity to kind of really sit back and, and think about things. And I, I'm giving you this information, the insight based upon the way I felt about it. And a lot of times feelings could kind of become a hindrance. It can kind of slow you down. It can pull you down. So again, if you're getting this, this, and I've gotten these questions a couple of times here and there for the podcasters, like newer podcasters, it's like, yeah, how did you get to hundred thousand downloads? Right. And I, and I told them some of the steps and strategies of what we've done to get there. And some of that may work for them right away. Some of them may not. The goal is, is not to give up. It's not to quit. It's to figure out what the problems are and apply solutions and then utilize those solutions to jumpstart into the next phase of whatever you're going to be. Because wherever you are right now, six months from then, 12 months, 18 months from then, you're going to be completely different. Again, we're on episode 100. And in season one, I was worried about getting to episode 15. I was completely panicking about that shit. And now we're at the point to where we have 200 extra, you know, we have uh, extra 100 episodes that we haven't aired. And I'm not saying this number to impress you. I'm saying this number to say that if you apply yourself and apply strategies and knuckle down and create systems and put them into place, then you will get the results. So again, I was in disbelief, but I just wanted to kind of give you some insight to what we went through and where we are right now. Um, moving on to like favorite episodes. And I, I'm, I'm going to slow down just a little bit to kind of talk about each one of these episodes individually, because I don't think these episodes are just good episodes. I think that they're great episodes. And the reason why I'm looking at them as essentially great episodes is because of the insight, the insight with the individual and the insight with the conversation, but more so the insight off air, like the partnerships that came out of it, the friendships that came out of it. Because again, if you're podcasting outside of monetary value, monetary gains, you're podcasting essentially as a networker. You're networking to grow your network wealth. And that network wealth is a product of, again, going back of who you surround yourself with. So when I look at and think about the, the top episodes, and I'm going to start from like season one, and I'm going to work my way to like where we are right now. So season one, I would say season one, episode two, Tal Sarion Thompson's episode. Not only did we go to school together, not only did we like raise our kids together, not only like, you know, like, I don't even look at her as a friend. I look at her as a family member. But that episode was kind of like she was the first person that I, I reached out in my dossier of people. And out of, let's say, 100 people, she was the first one to raise a hand and say yes. Right. Versus out of that 100, maybe 40 of them said, no, I'll wait. Maybe another 20 of them would say, I'll wait and see what you do. Maybe another 10 was like, uh, well, you know, what's in it for me? But I asked, and then she raised her hand, and we jumped on it. And, and the beautiful, beautiful part of that, that is like that episode is a landmark episode. It was our first real episode that we interviewed someone, and even we made mistakes on that episode. Like, there were so many different mistakes. We had to record an episode twice. The first time, I forgot to turn on the damn recorder. 
big ass mistake when it comes to podcasting. But again, I never made that mistake again. So we had to re-record that episode twice, first of all. Second of all, it was before COVID. So think about that episode was essentially recorded January of 2020. Literally, it was like a couple of days after New Year's. That episode was recorded and it aired in February. And then 30 days after that, we were full-blown in COVID, full-blown shutdown. So to see where she were, where she was in that particular episode and all the waves and hurdles that she's overcome and grown and expand in that two-year span is, is, a, is a miracle, right? I mean, she's opened up a coffee shop in that time frame. She's uh, um, creating an academy in that time frame. She's also um, got into balloons, got into box subscriptions, all of them successful, all of them in that time frame as well. And considering she was already successful on day one, that's why we had her on the show to see what she's done in the past two years. It was kind of like an epic thing. So that's like one of my favorite episodes just for that reason, because it's, it's, a, it's a historical episode. Um, the second favorite episode, and again, I'm just doing them sequentially, not based upon like priority, would be Greg Caesar. And Greg Caesar, it, this dude is such a phenomenal individual and intellectual. And every time he speaks, you just can't help but to sit down and listen. And you get completely inspired by him. Again, if you're new to digital content, you're inspired by him. If you're old to digital content, you're inspired by him. Like the, the dude's last name says it all. I mean, he, he's like the Caesar of fucking digital marketing. And it was, it was, a, it was cool for me because, again, this was my season one. And when I interviewed him, it was episode 17. It was right around that time when I had that conversation with Chris about like scaling and growing and, and getting more high ticketed individuals, people that, that were a little bit more of a stretch for me. Right. And, and that was kind of like the dawn. Like Caesar was essentially the real stretch for me because he, to me at that time, he was in the echelon, right? It was kind of hard and difficult to reach out to someone of that magnitude. But again, with Chris's support and with me overcoming that fear, I said to hell with it. And I reached out to him and, you know, the story goes behind that is like I met him at Ty Cohen's event and it was like, um, what was it like August of 2019 and you know, Ty Cohen is the next episode I'm going to talk about, but through Ty Cohen at that particular Kindle cash flow event is when I met Greg Caesar. And then I had an opportunity like less than a year later to then interview him. So again, someone may be out your reach. You may be sitting in the audience right now. You may be listening to this podcast right now and you may be thinking to yourself, well, this person is out of my reach. This person is out of my touch. I'm never going to be able to communicate with this person on that particular level. And again, I'm showing you that from August until I guess, yeah, I think it was probably July when I interviewed him, July or August, like within that one year, it was a night and day difference. Like we had an opportunity to have a conversation like brother to brother. And he was so informative in that episode. And again, that's one of the probably most downloaded episodes in, in, in Boston Cage entirely in this three-year span. And it's going to continue to grow. As I'm telling you, to, if you haven't listened to the episode, you need to stop and go and listen to it. It's Greg Caesar, season one, episode 17. The secondary after that would be Ty Cohen. And it's funny, but that episode was kind of like, there was Greg, because Greg lived in Atlanta and Ty lived out of state. I think he lives in the Carolinas. So it was a little bit easier for me to, to get in contact with Greg versus getting in contact with Ty Cohen. And I'm just going to tell you a little strategy behind the scenes. A lot of times when you see someone they're interviewing, let's say uh, like Kardashians, if you get to the Kardashian level, you're interviewing them, nine out of 10 times, it's because you interviewed one of their friends. You interviewed maybe one of their associates. So guilty by association, if, if you could show them the resume of people that you've interviewed, prime example, I interviewed Greg Caesar, 
And then I reached out to Ty Cohen because again, there was fear in that, right? There was, there was opportunities, but I had to be able to seize these opportunities. And I wanted to be able to be not only comfortable, but I wanted to be effective in those interviews. So Greg Caesar interview gave me the audacity and the balls to say, okay, you know what? That, that episode was a great episode. Greg did his thing and I followed Greg's lead on the episode. And like, now I want to, I want to keep going. I want to keep going down this pipeline of individuals that have net worth in the millions. And I wanted to kind of pick their brains and be able to tell their stories and depict who they are. And that's when I reached out to Ty Cohen. So Ty got on, he was season two, episode two. And if you don't know Ty Cohen, just Google his name. I mean, he's been in magazines, he's been in articles, and you know, he's known to be the, the Kindle King, right? And he um the creator of Kindle Cash Cash Flow. And you know, if you're writing books, like he has a, such a, a solid system to scale and grow. And part of what I do with Boston Cage is part of his system that I've adapted as well. So I definitely want to commend him and thank him for that. But I think that episode with Ty, it was a really long episode. I think it was like maybe 80 minutes or close to 80 minutes, whatever it was. But it was kind of like a really solid kind of heart to heart episode to where we really dove into who he was and how he became where he is. I mean, at that point in time, I think he was netting somewhere between $3 million a year. So we'd like, and then before, you know, he worked at like, I think it was a CVS or Eckers and he was like a manager. So like, how do you go from that to that in that period of time? And he was really like telling the details and telling the nuances and telling step-by-step on what he did and how he overcame his imposter syndrome and how he moved forward and overcame his hurdles. And, you know, he had medical um, issues as well, how he pushed through that as well. And hearing doctors saying that you only have this amount of time to live. So Hearing all that information, right, thinking about Tao's story, thinking about Greg's story, and then topping it off with Ty Cohen's story. So that, to me, was definitely a foundational episode for me personally, because it not only was it an achievement for me, but it was also very insightful to, to, for Ty Cohen to not only give an hour, 80 minutes of his time, but to give that much insight and, and intuition to our listeners at that time where Boss and Cage was just essentially a year old. Um, moving on to episode four, I would think my favorite episode would be Damon Burton. And again, it, it's ironically enough, it's season two, episode three, the episode right after Ty's episode. And the reason why I, I like Damon's episode, it's kind of like a personal thing, right? That I found Damon, I think it was on Facebook. I don't know if it was an ad or a post or whatever it was. Again, he, me and Damon were completely cold. Like, we really had no overlap. Like, you know, Greg and Ty, there was some synergy there. Like, Greg and Ty are really close. They're really bonded individuals, all right? And then me and Tao, we were bonded because we went to school together. But Damon was cold. So Damon was a real stretch for me because, again, I had no association. I had no indoor. I had no backdoor to say, hey, I talked to your boy or I talked to your girl before. It was me pushing my limitations, which goes back to, like, I was talking about earlier about being fearful and overcoming those particular hurdles. So when I reached out to Damon, it was like, hey, dude, I see what you're doing with SEO. I like what you're doing. I like your platform. I like your articles. I like your posts. And I went through a lot of his things that he had on the internet. And it was like, this dude, he has his shit together. So I was like, you know what? I want to interview you. So Damon was like my first cold, cold straight off the street without knowing what his answer was going to be because I had no dossier of in- information to bring to him on the table. And he said, yeah. I was like, holy shit. Damon said, yes. So then that turned into a conversation that we had on the podcast. And again, you can kind of tell in that episode, we were trying to figure each other out because that was the first time we've actually had a conversation. Everything before that was messaging or email. So that was the first time we met was on air 
on that episode. So by the time that episode ended and you fast forward to now, well, you know, me and Damon, we talk pretty regularly at this point, you know, at least once a week or every other week. And we're on Marco Polo. We'll send messages back and forth. I had an opportunity to, to go out to um, Utah and visit him for his 40th birthday. But that episode was a landmark for me in the sense that, okay, I went from not knowing this person to reaching out to them, to then having a conversation with them, to then after the episode becoming friends. So again, if you're in that space to where you're reaching out to people and you're scared of them rejecting you, you would get more results from reaching out and pushing past the rejections if you just overcome those hurdles. Because again, if I didn't do what I did, Damon and I never would have been in the same place at the same time. We never would have had a conversation and we never would have been where we are right now. So that, like, that's the lesson that I really learned by that episode. And it's a key episode for me personally and why it's one of my favorites. Um, moving down to another one of my favorite episodes, which has been Lenny the Boss, season two, episode seven. So Lenny the Boss kind of goes into that same atmosphere with Greg Caesar and Ty Cohen. Lenny the Boss is Ty Cohen's cousin. So you kind of see these integrated connections, but Lenny the Boss is just like, I, I met him maybe once at, I think it was the same time I met Greg and the same time I met Ty in person. And we never really had a conversation. Like we shook hands and it was kind of like hi and bye. And then I started following him on Facebook. And being that I, I did the same thing with Damon, and I was like, you know what? Damon said, yes, I got nothing to lose. I'm going to reach out to Lenny the Boss, right? Because Lenny the Boss is really big into real estate. He's really big into, like, buying houses, not necessarily flipping them, but he's more of a buying hole, rent them out, and, and you get that liquid cash every single month. So I reached out to him, and it's the same exact thing happened again. Like, me and Lenny started communicating, started talking. Lenny's in, in a lot of my different groups. I'm in his groups. So we comment and we share information. You know, we even talk offline from time to time. Like, I think one time he was talking about going to New York. So we had an opportunity to talk about, dude, if you go to New York, you got to do this, you got to do that. So you become this person that's not an influencer, but you start to build these relationships. And that's what really podcasting and really what Boston Cage is really all about. It's about making the connection with the person that I'm interviewing, whether I'm interviewing them or you are the listener listening to them, is to make some kind of connection and then to overcome that fear. If you want to contact that person to ask them a question or you want to contact me and ask me a question, the goal is you need to jump over that broomstick and make that happen because the faster you do it, the faster you're going to be able to get over those fears and start communicating more and getting more results a lot faster. So Lenny the Boss was another episode similar to Damon to where it could build into like a relationship. You know, we definitely communicate. I love what he's doing as far as in the real estate space and just kind of see his, he wakes up. This dude is a ball of energy. Like if you're ever down, look up Lenny the boss and that dude will wake your ass up quick and fast in a hurry. And, you know, he always starts off with great, great morning, great morning, great morning. His energy level is through the damn roof. And it's something that, that just inspires people to kind of be motivated when you're surrounded by people like that. Um, going into my next episode, and I'm just, again, I, I kind of have like a mental list and I have like a, a, a visual list. And I just kind of want to, because again, I've had this question asked so many times, like, what's your favorite episode? What's your favorite episode? And that's why I'm like really going into these episodes and I'm telling you guys the stories behind them. Because if you haven't listened to those episodes, then maybe you'll go back and listen to them and you kind of see why I'm really excited about these particular episodes. Um, the next one would be season two, episode 59, Donnie. So those that know me from like Success Champions, that's, that's like a networking community, that seeing this video, you already know Donnie, you already know, like he'll say F and whatever the hell he wants, quick, fast, in a hurry. 
But the story behind that episode was kind of like, I, I don't remember. I don't think it was Donnie directly. I think it was one of Donnie's people. And that was like the first time that I realized the power of podcasting. If you build it correctly over a period of time and you stay consistent, then you'll have people that will reach out to you to ask to be on your show. So this is why it's a landmark for me because Donnie was one of the first people that his people reached out to my people, right? Your people talk to my people. Funny, right? And it was like, hey, like what you're doing. We got a guest for you. Donnie, we'd like to have him on your show. And I was like, okay. Looked up Donnie because at the time I didn't know who he was. And I was like, well, this dude has a lot of shit going on. He has like, we speak the same damn language. So then I ended up having an interview with Donnie and Kevin, who's his right-hand man. And then I interviewed Donnie by himself. This particular episode is just the episode with just me and Donnie, but it was before where we are right now. Like Donnie and I right now, we have sidebar conversations. We talk about NFTs. We're always talking about strategy, talking about business. You know, I'm very active in his community. You know, every once in a while he'll show up and say something behind the scenes about something and then we'll bounce ideas off of it. So again, it kind of is a mixture between like, like Ty Cohen being a representative of directions that I want to go in. But at the same time, kind of like Damon and Lenny in the sense that, okay, not only is it business and partnership, but it also became a friendship. And it also became more opportunities as well. It's like I spoke at Success Champions last year, which was, was a great event. And it gave me an opportunity to do a little oogie boogie on the stage as well, too. If you haven't seen that video, just let, <laughs> I think it may be on YouTube. I don't even know where the hell the video is at this point in time. But it gave me opportunity to expand on what I was doing with PodFest and PodFest Global in an environment to where, not everyone was essentially cutthroat, but it was more of an open environment. I could be who I wanted to be. I can curse on damn stage and I, I could shake and dance if I wanted to, but it was not only accepted, but it was like, holy shit, people are learning from that as well. So there were so many different nuances with me and Donnie on a day-to-day -day basis. And that, that's why I really love that episode because where we were on that episode, it was kind of like me and Damon. We were just trying to figure each other out. And then you fast forward six months, nine months. Now we have partnerships and businesses and now we're friends and, and we have all this different ecosystem to where, you know, he could talk shit, I could talk shit. We could sit down and drink a whiskey together, laugh about it, but again, progressively growing together. And that's what podcasting is really about. And then like going into like a couple others, like uh, Mr. Burns, Justin Burns. He's another dude that I met through Greg Caesar that was through a marketing event. And that episode is season two, episode 64. And Justin is cool because he's a, he's a younger cat, like in the sense of, okay, you have 30, 40 years old. And I think he's maybe like early 30s, late 20s, whatever it was. But he found a system early on to where, you know, he went through the trials of tribulations. He created a platform called Maestro, which essentially is a platform that allows you to then create courses and promote them online. But even in that episode, you know, he was talking about what he was doing, talking about his strategies and plays, but he's always reaching for higher goals. He's always looking for, for the same opportunity, but in a larger scale. So I just want to kind of, I love that episode because I've seen him. He's always been like this, always been 100% focused on the end results. And he just got one of his goals, right? One of his dreams was to have a TED Talk. So the reality is that he had his TED Talk. I think it was last week. He got the opportunity and I think he went to Pittsburgh or Pennsylvania, wherever it was, but he accomplished that goal. It kind of goes back to what I was saying about Chris Comenso, about, okay, the Guinness World Record? Like, who the hell does that? And then seeing Justin do a TED Talk, was like, holy shit. Like, again, surrounding yourself with people that are not only giving you opportunities to communicate with them, but they're giving you opportunities to stretch your vision. 
to stretch your aspects, to stretch your goals. And again, if you stay in these circles and you can see what these people are doing, I mean, like Damon does so much shit for his community and gives so much back on a day-to-day basis. He's just a generally great dude. Lenny DeBoss gives so much insight on like real estate. Donnie gives so much insight on like sales, sales strategy, right? You know, Ty Cohen gives so much information about how to become a Kindle cash, cash king. And Greg Caesar gives so much insight on just how to create systems through like Amazon, for example. And then again, you kind of hear me speaking. You hear me talk about the stuff that I talk about. Again, I'm a byproduct of all these different individuals and all these different podcasts. And I'm ever growing and ever evolving. And the goal for this podcast is to hopefully shed some of that on you. I want you to take some of what you're learning, some of the inspiration that you may be getting, and then taking action on that. Um, I'm just trying to think of what else I want to cover. Again, because this is a live episode, so it's an opportunity for me to do it. Because I'm, I'm not, It's kind of off script. And again, it's episode 100. And it's, it's kind of mind-blowing for me sitting here thinking about it right now. It's like, we made it to episode 100 and and like we have so much more episodes and so much more to do. This is not the end of the end. This is like the real beginning for me. And I always make that statement to say, you're not a real podcaster until you hit 100 episodes. So now like, I'm like, holy shit, I'm a real podcaster. Like, this is my shit. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I enjoy doing. Um, so part of that is just kind of like going back to like the fear thing. And the last episode I want to talk to is Jacqueline Wales, which is season two episode 56 essentially our 84th episode and i remember that episode very vividly because jacqueline is is, um i don't know how old she is but she's an older lady and her entire thing and the entire thing that she sells and promote is about being fearless it's about overcoming hurdles and that episode resonated with me so much because she was saying that she was in she grew up in europe she had kids in europe and her kids were like, you know, under the age of 10. And she used to put them on the bus and the transit system overseas by themselves and pretty much tell them information and tell them to figure it out. She made her kids so self-sufficient and to the point to where she's older now in the U.S. And she's teaching that same element of being self-sufficient, overcoming the fears. And that's her brand. It's like, you know, how do you become fearless and factor that into whatever you're doing. There's always going to be fear, but how do you overcome that fear and progress and move forward? And everyone that I, I talked about, all my fear episodes, every single one of them, whether they, they stated it on the episode or not, all of them had overcome some kind of fear or some kind of challenge. So closing out, talking about Jacqueline, it just makes sense. It's just like, like dude, the only thing that's going to hold any individual back is the fear of failure, which was something that I had to face as well too. But once you pass that and then you start to sail, you start to see opportunities and you start to seize them, you start to conquer and you start to kick in damn doors, then you're never going to look backwards. And the fear becomes more so fuel for your flame. So going into like close it, right? I always like to set these goals. Like anytime I have an episode like this and I'm talking to you, the listener, I want to set goals. I mean, before we talked about our 10,000 download goal, then went to 20 and you know, we got to the point where we got 100,000 downloads. So now is at the point, like if you're getting value from Boss and Cage, I would ask you to go and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, right? And again, I'm setting the bar, right? Right now, our current reviews are at 405 five-star reviews, right? And again, I don't really compare my reviews or compare what we're doing with Boston Cage with any other platform. So I don't know if 405 is high. I don't know if 405 is low. And at this point, I really don't care about that number. What I do care about is reaching the next goal, which is 1,000. A thousand reviews, five-star reviews. And again, that's going to help us not only 
encourage us to create more content and to help influence other business owners and entrepreneurs, but it will help other people find Boss and Cage as well too. So if you're getting value from what we're delivering, if you're getting value week to week on information and the people that we're interviewing, and again, I'm going to continue to keep stretching my vision and stretching out my goal and reaching more and more people to get them on the show to tell their stories. If that's helpful to you, then by all means, if you don't mind, please go and give us a review on um, Apple Podcasts. The goal is we want to get to 1,000 reviews this year. And again, we're close to halfway there. Um, and again, why not, right? So we're conquering fear and we're over, overcoming these particular hurdles. So 1,000 seems to be pretty obtainable. And I feel like I've been talking probably a mile a minute. And it's funny because I just had coffee with some of my networking group people and they were saying that I always talk really, really fast. And I said I was going to slow down. <laughs> and obviously... I didn't slow down this episode because I'm amped up and I'm excited and I'm, and I'm, you know, again, I'm high on caffeine as well too. So that kind of adds to it as well. So again, this, before I close out, let's get a shot, get a shot of whiskey. One of my favorite whiskeys. Yes. Japanese whiskey. And the little thing on the top is a little um, device. When you get to the point where you have teenagers in your house, you have to start locking your liquor just in case. That's what this is. So I'm going to go ahead and crack this sucker open, get my Japanese whiskey popping. And I want to close out with a particular quote. And it's a quote from a dude that, you know, shit, I'm going to, if I can get his ass on this podcast, it'll be damn, again, kind of conquer fear and push forward. So the quote is, I'm not afraid of dying. I'm afraid of not trying. And it's by Jay-Z. And I want that to really sink in. I mean, I'm not afraid of dying but I'm afraid of not trying. And that's the goal of this entire thing that we're talking about is conquer your fears, push through, achieve the goals, push your limits, push your vision, surround yourself with like-minded or people that can at least stretch what you think is great. And that way you can see what greatness is really about. S.A. Grant, over and out. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Boss Uncaged. I hope you got some helpful insight and clarity to the diverse approach on your journey to becoming an Uncaged Trailblazer. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast. If this podcast has helped you or you have any additional questions, reach out and let me know. Email me at ask at sagrant.com or drop me your thoughts via a call or text at 762 762- 233-BOSS. That's 762-233-2677. I would love to hear from you. Remember, to become a boss in cage, you have to release your inner beast. S.A. Grant, signing off. Listeners of Boss on Cage are invited to download a free copy of our host, S.A. Grant's insightful ebook, Become an Uncaged Trailblazer. Learn how to release your primal success in 15 minutes a day. Download now at www.bossuncaged.com forward slash free book.